1: Welcome to the Mentor Project Podcast, a place where you will learn, discover new ideas, be entertained, inspired, and even mentored. Our shows explore a wide range of subjects, including science, technology, business, society and culture, art and entertainment, and life. If you would like to learn more about the Mentor Project, please go to www.mentorproject.org. We hope you'll enjoy the show.
2: hello everybody this is the mentor project and i i'm gonna get it started here but uh i think i'm just gonna sit back and relax and listen to some uh, some good stories we we really have a true storyteller with us and of course it's not just me hosting this it's uh susan that Hi, is keeping me company as uh in this adventure yes,
3: it's great Marco. I'm excited about today and about yeah. Um one of our mentors who actually has been doing, I think, more podcasting and more shows than all of the other mentors combined. So we're going to hear about that. I really want to welcome Marilyn Price and community, and she'll tell us a little bit more about the community. So, Marilyn, welcome to the Mentor Project Podcast. Thank you. It's uh I am delighted to be here. I have been delighted
0: for the last three years to be able to broadcast and reach those who could not get out and those who can now get out and be a part of our community. Um, not just mentors, but, you know, a mentor can only ment unless if they have somebody to mentor. So uh, we are mentors, but we are also always looking for people who will be affected by these good deeds that we do. So. It's been an Absolute exciting run and I plan to do, you know, 35 more years.
2: Good. And and as you kind of hinted there, we're not just mentors but we we are mentee at the same time. We learn and we teach and we we do what uh, Debbie uh, Debbie Heiser called it, the parallel mentorship which uh, I really I really like that concept. I, I always learn every time I record a podcast, it doesn't matter With who, I am always learning something. So I'm really looking forward. And you know what? Let's start about um, you. Let's learn about Marilyn. Who are you and what you do and why are you with the Mentor Project?
0: Okay, I'll take it in that order. Um, I am Marilyn Price. I live in Evanston, Illinois. I am sitting in the midst of a studio that uh, we Built, as a matter of fact, we re, I rebuilt it during the beginning of the pandemic. So my first broadcasts were upstairs in my son's former bedroom. And we have come a long way, albeit just two flights of stairs. Um, I've been a puppeteer storyteller for over 50 years. Um, I came to it quite unnaturally by being asked. There was no puppeteers to be trained By so I found a couple and they mentored me and their style was totally different than what I use I also have a background in art history and painting sculpture which put helped me put all this together and I grew up in a family that loved stories Um, and told them all the time my brother and my grandparents and my mom and my dad we just told stories this was predated this magic media that we are all talking to. So I still, I'm talking about podcasts which are only audio, I still um, listen to the radio as often as I can because I think that is the greatest visual of all. You have to listen a little harder. So when I became a puppeteer, I was taught by my girlfriend who actually really wanted an extra pair of hands Quite literally, she wanted me to give her a hand, and I had no clue what this was about. So uh, she taught me. Uh, we went together for ten years, and then she went on her way and amicably, and I went on mine. And the characters, my there's different ways to talk. What I do, I call it edutainment, because I teach when I tell and I use everyday objects that are easily accessible. I've always done that, so it was a great coincidence when we all came together uh, because people couldn't get out three years ago. So I taught them how to make characters out of everyday objects and use them to tell a classic story. One, so we didn't have to start from quite literally scratch. So for an example, I use milk cartons to make cows. I use tennis rackets when the king comes out of his court. I have a lot of bad jokes because I have to entertain the adults too. They're actually more important in many respects that they keep the kids grounded. Uh, I have worked from coast to coast. I told stories in the Grove in LA um, with background music of the Dancing Fountain. Uh, I've told stories on Ellis Island using some wonderful uh, stories from my background, which is Judaism. And I have been and done pretty much everything I have been asked to do, but not everything I want to do. So being a puppeteer is adding a visual to a story that encourages and helps people who learn in different ways. So uh, to add to all of that wonder, and it is wonder, I'm still constantly amazed by it. Uh, I started to work with a friend on a foundation, a not-for-profit that teaches educators of all kinds and, and their students and their students' students how to reach all different kinds of learners. So uh, because I teach with a creative bend, I do all the arts. And she does multiple intelligence. Then we do advocacy, and life is constantly full. So, how I came to the Mentor Project by Marilyn Price. We went to Renaissance Weekend, um, the 19, 2019, to the Tetons. And I met some lovely, wonderful people. We were taken by good friends who have been going for 35 years.
3: Marilyn, I just want to interrupt just for those listeners and viewers, most people will not know what the Renaissance oh, was. Good, thinking. I
0: get to talk about that too. But,
3: but we could just say it. You don't, you don't have to go too much into it, but it is no. a think tank um, we it, can say. It. And it's a way to um, just really connect with people in a diverse, in diverse fields of all different backgrounds, of all different professions. And I think the one thing that they have in common, we have in common, a part of that too, is the just the desire to learn and to make the world a better place, I could say. So if you wanna to add to that, just so people know. I couldn't have said it better. And, and the
0: fabulous part about it is that everybody, everybody, no matter who they are, has to teach. So if you think you're going, what am I going to say to the astronauts or the people who do this, that, and the other, everybody's interested in everybody else. And it was quite a magic time and is back and up and running. So for those of you who are interested, look it up Renaissance Weekend, and you will be delighted at what you read and see. Um, So right after that, I kept up with the Facebook announcements and saw that Debbie Heiser, who helped develop the Mentor Project, was looking for someone who would be interested in teaching and or telling kids and their families who were now homebound. And so I raised my hand and said, oh, I would do that now. It it was probably the most important thing I did. For myself, my creative self during the pandemic. Because when you are a person who I can proudly say is a creative person, you need an outlet, not just for the people that watch you, but you need something to develop. So for four weeks, <laughs> April of 2020, we said we would do one show a week and then we'll see how it went and then we'll just, you know. Because by then, of course, right, it was all going to be over. But it wasn't. Um, So then we said, well, let's just go till the summer. That would be April, May. And then we'll stop because by then it will all be over. But it wasn't. So then we went through the summer. And then on and on and on and on. I don't need to repeat that. And um, it taught me, as you have both of my fellow speakers, participants in this and this podcast said it I learned from everything I did if you had said I was going to I had said I was going to be on quote unquote what we now know as tv I had a tv show a long time ago but totally different now when I broadcast I look at me and that in case you've never done it is really hard to overcome because I like other people out there, not just, oh, her, is her hair right? And then I had to also figure out how to get my characters from one side of the stage to the other and move them. So what I just did was to take an object, move it from one side to the other. And sometimes it's backwards, so that the first few times I tried this media, it made me a little leery. But Because of my mentor project partners, I learned from them. And now I think I'm relatively good at it. And it goes pretty much everywhere. So some of the experiences that the mentor project has led me to are finding out what some of my more than Facebook friends love. And I get fan mail. I I don't even know how um, from people that watch and it's um, it's a magic gift to me to be able to do this out in cyberspace. It's the only way I can describe it and of course if you see in my life the sun is always shining and though you can't see her the moon is shining too and behind me I've also learned how to use other media and behind me is just in a board with post its that I use to help tell the story, and I know that others have used my technique because it goes into schools as well, and that is the greatest gift of all.
2: Wow, now, look,
3: I have so many. I'm sorry, go ahead, Marco. I have so many. No,
2: did I know questions. you do? So do I. There's, so you yeah, start
3: there's lots of different ways, <laughs> but there was a couple of things you said. I'll, I'll start with this. One of the, the interesting things that I want to highlight is you talked about. When you started with The Mentor Project, how much you as a mentor and you as an artist and you as a professional got from it, it was an outlet for you. And as some of our listeners has have listened to prior episodes, um, co-founder Debbie Heiser of The Mentor Project really was interested in that aspect. Um, because we know that mentoring helps the mentees. And that's been the obvious thing. But what some of the focus has been on for the mentor project is really to look at and to research what the mentors are actually getting from it. And you so beautifully mentioned that, you know, and highlighted that during the beginning of the pandemic, this was an outlet for you. Um, So I just kind of wanted to highlight that. And now I want to go to the question of, you know, you talk about how much your viewers have gotten from um, watching and listening because what started out as going to be a couple of you know weeks really has turned into three years of recording and bringing it to the audience. And one of the things I'm interested in is you get some feedback from the viewers, from the listeners, both children and adults, and all over. You have the globe. What for you personally has meant uh, the most in terms of the feedback that you've gotten from your viewers?
0: The most significant thing I've gotten is that it's usable material, is that they're not just listening, but they're actually doing. So from my teacher friends, my librarian friends, and from people who used to, I have one particular friend who've actually never met in person, although she lives across the roads town for me um, directed shows Um, and what she gets from it is watching this particular media pull it all together and something she's not been able to do before so things like that and and knowing that people actually wait for this program that the mentor project provides that's awesome and then I've had the privilege of actually interviewing my little boy, uh, my little boy, um, because he, when he left to move to LA 26 years ago, um, he took one of my puppets uh, and I made another one. So we had this incredible interview process with Matt on one side and me on the other and the puppets talking to each other, which made me as a mentor, but more important, as a mom, thinking, this is good. This is good. This means people are paying attention. And that is the greatest gift of all. And it is. It's this yin and the yang. You can't get enough or give enough to not know that it all comes together.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. And it it makes me think when you started this and and the evolution of you adapt into a new media, right? Looking at yourself in a digital screen on Zoom or whatever we use, Streamyard. And I, I've always been a somebody that, when the internet came out, people were afraid, right? Like when TV came up, they were afraid the radio was gonna die. When uh, the radio come up, the, the newspaper were going to die. And in reality, even with the internet, everything is different, but also retain the core of what it is. Mm-hmm. One, it may be obviously the storytelling. We are made of stories and we use this friend technique to do so. And, and you're using this art, which is, for me, being Italian, I grew up with Pinocchio and many other characters in the 70s and and when I was a kid. And and I'm like, nothing really dies, nothing really fades, it just (laughs) evolves. But when I look at what you do, it's really at the core of, you know, we used to do this centuries ago. So Mm -hmm. what does it take to become a storyteller with the puppets and still make it work in this digital society that we live in?
0: Uh, I think that's actually not, I hate to blow anybody's bubble here first. I don't think it's all that different. I think it's the way we connect, like we've all, I mean, when I teach tellers how to tell or teachers how to tell, look at your community, look them in the eye, because even if they're not, you can't see them you just have to use your great imagination. So my presentation skills haven't changed that much. As a matter of fact, what you said, Marco, is great because we were always afraid that the next thing we were going to would dissolve the last thing. And in fact, all they did was make it better. Yeah. So here we are, I can tell a story and tell people what they're seeing by relating to it. I mean, behind me is the color red behind me, up in my, over my hand is a sun. I can describe it, just like in radio, for the people who are listening, but for the people who see it, it's twice as good. So it took some getting used to. Um, I also, besides the Mentor Project, did a weekly show in Atlanta, Georgia, um, to a synagogue uh, for the whole first year. I went in the morning on Sunday, after breakfast and I came back and had lunch. So I didn't really go there, if you know what I mean. Um, But I actually got to see them as time went on. So by the time they brought me back and put me out in front of the TV, like a big surprise, I knew them. I knew them better because I'd seen them every single week. So even though I don't see our audience, I see names because I post it afterwards. I know who's watched. um, And if I want to send them a note to see what they think, I'll let them know. So, for example, the one I did this morning, showed this morning, uh, I decided I was going to do the classic golden books, which were from 1942, which is even older than me. And um, a friend of mine just out of nowhere said, I love those books. Here's our favorite." And she said, but I can't find it, it's out of print, she said. But she dug through her whole house and found this. It's a very beaten up book version with a duct tape holding it together. And I told it today. Here he is. Hiram. He's right behind me for those of you. He's Hiram's red shirt. It's a wonderful story. And this is what I learned. Because you ask what I learned. Because I always research the authors. This book was written by a woman named Mabel Watts, which may not mean anything to most people, but she wrote The Little Engine That Could, which does mean something to people. So um, I'm pretty sure Mabel is long gone. That first book, the last book I mentioned was 1917, I think, or 18. So we bring, you're right, nothing ever is gone. We get to bring it back for people that need to hear it. So Hiram's, I highly recommend Hiram's Red Shirt. It's about a little, an aside, uh, a man who has a favorite piece of clothing. Everyone's been there, right? And it's beginning to wear out. So he goes through all these machinations to save his favorite clothes. I do that all the time. (laughs) So I I learn, I learned from my audience uh, when I always do. And I just look them right in the eye.
3: You know, there are so many things, again, but one of the the beautiful things, and I think the important things that your work does, is at this time of technology where the kids and adults are so involved in screens and doing so much online, and they are creative, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with technology. It has its pros, but what you do in terms of taking the objects and teaching them from uh, to create, and you're bringing out their artistic ways in a different way. You're using their creativity in a very different way that is really getting lost today. Kids and adults don't always have that. Um, It's getting cut from schools. It's not really valued as much because of technology. So um, can you tell us a little bit more for our listeners who have not yet seen or heard your show about the process and, and maybe let us see a little bit of your community. I know, Marco, I can't wait to see. Some oh, I, I, want, um, I want
2: to meet the community.
3: You want to meet all my community? Okay, just let me get them ready.
0: You ready guys? Okay, I'll be out there in a minute. Um, I don't know where it came from. I'd like to say everyone has it. We all have an imagination. We're born with it. Um, I never lost mine um, and, and I don't know if i might. Parents stirred me on, perchance they did. Um, it wasn't that we didn't have stuff, so we always made up stuff. And I still see it. I can, I have published a book. Oh, I don't have it, with. maybe I do, okay. So here's, oops, excuse me. I just, so an example would be, this is a, a book I wrote you know, a, a while back and it's, I'll just show you the cover. So this is a Hebrew alphabet book. Every single character is made with an everyday object. And the way I found them was I took a walk. So funny, funny little things would stick out with me and they also had to resonate with the letter. So this is the Hebrew letter tof, like a T, and the character puppet is made out of a toffee apple. So my pedagogical friends who published these books went to all sorts of issues on how does that work? Can you take a taffy apple and every time you see it, now you see the letter toff. Yes, it does work. It's a double clue. So um, that, that would be one thing and I'm gonna take you on a tour. Um, I've written four, five books all with puppets all with everyday objects, socks, forks, spoons. We used to, when I was a kid, sit around the table, my grandpa would make napkin rabbits um, and then we'd use the fork. So this is not new to me. And I know, because I've watched it and I've seen their faces, that there's an awe factor when you take an envelope, put it in your hand and all of a sudden it's talking to you. Never fails. Um, The adults are surprised and they do it too. So, um, And they always test me. I was in Ogden, Utah, because we work with museums and I put this envelope on every single time, put the envelope on and I did that and the whole audience went,
3: ooh,
0: and guess what they did next? After I passed out envelopes. So that's the inspiration. How do I get it? I don't know. It's in there. I hope to never lose it. But the Mentor Project, in April of 2020, nurtured mine.
1: Beautiful. And, and that
0: I can tell for sure. Yeah. So I'm going to take you around. I don't want to lose you. So I was going to see if my – I'm not even going to bother with settings. I'll just hold you up, and I will talk to you through this because I can see. This
3: is well, where – was-
2: It's like a toy story. Any it toys. is a Toy
0: Story with, with working people. But I yeah, want you to and meet... the
2: movie Toy Story. Oh,
0: that, I love that movie. I want you to meet my mentor. I had a mentor. Here he is. I don't know if you can see him. There's a character right here where my finger is. That yep. is Bert Tilstrom. Bert Tilstrom was my mentor. Next to him is this game my kiddos found me, Kukla and Ollie. Bertilson yes. did the first TV yep. show called Kukla, Fran, and Ollie. And I he lived here. And he was my mentor. He inspired wow. me. I knew him. He was just awesome. So yeah. there are people out there. He's no longer, unfortunately, with us. Who And there weren't many puppeteers, you know, who did that sort of crazy work. And I'll just show you her before I send her off. This is Taylor Swift, puppet. I made her for my grandniece, who is a huge fan. She's obviously not gonna sell her cause I'd be sued up and down. And that's what she wanted for her bat mitzvah gift. So here she is. Hi Taylor, wave at everyone. So uh,
3: for, those is, that, for those that are listening, Marilyn, can you describe what she looks Taylor like? Taylor Swift
0: is made out of the greatest yarn ever because I think that's what her hair looks like, it's yellow. And I made her a red shiny sparkly dress. And uh, there's this magic new thing where you can print Onto, onto material, a picture. So wow. I am very big fan of having puppets with the person's face on it. I use that in teacher workshops all the time. So what I'm now showing you is food boxes, that's my face. And then you empty the box, you put your hand inside and there you are, a puppet, fabulous. Um, so that's a lot of the kinds of stuff we do. So a couple of weeks ago, I did a show called Lentil by a wonderful author named Robert McCloskey, well-known for Make Way for the Ducklings. So I took, and I'll tell you, the soup was terrific. I took a box of lentils, emptied them, put a picture on him, and he was my puppet character. Um, So everything has a purpose, nutritional, of course. So up here is some of the characters I've used for mentor project shows. That's Max. And as I said before, I always um, find out about the authors because the authors are huge. And we have to give credit where credit is due. I did not write most of the books <laughs> that I tell stories from. So here we have some other friends of mine. This one here, Kiki was a book written by a friend, two friends, uh, during the pandemic about how kids are responding to the pandemic. And how she was a little girl who gave huge hugs and now she couldn't do it, and her dilemma in dealing with it. So, this is Kiki. Wave hello, Kiki. Hello. So, um, it's a puppet from the Ukraine that I particularly like that um, I show. Most of these, oh, you might recognize him. That would be Benjamin Franklin, if you can mm-hmm. see him. He, um, I did a show called We the people, W-E-E, about the Constitution and the States. And um, so once in a while I make puppets of friends. So that was my best friend there. Then I have puppets from other countries, so you probably know this dude too. Yeah. That was Kermit and uh, we were in an elevator together. At least everyone in the elevator thought it was Kermit, but it was actually Jim Henson who had the same exact voice. (laughs) Uh, Very cool. So up here we have string puppets, which I am quite fond of, but don't like to travel with because they're a mess. And back here, I don't know if you can see him. This is Babar the Elephant. I did a whole long series around the books of Babar the Elephant. And for uh, Northwestern University, up here is my favorite ever story, Striganana, Bubble, Bubble, Pasta Pot. Well, me some pasta. So when I tell it, I tell it with the kids as my helpers, but I lost the pasta. Excuse me. Oh, it was replaced previously by matzo balls. But so the kids are my cheerleaders and they take literally take pom poms and and make pasta while the rest is going on. And uh, you probably meant no Charlie Chaplin, but I did not make him. Mm. And, uh, these two dudes, my personal. This one is a cat, you know, cat string puppet from Peter and the Wolf I did with live music and different kinds of puppets. That was cool. And this dude up here, he was made out of my little boy. I previously mentioned little boy's baby suit. And uh, I kept it because I just kept it because why not? And it's like Hiram's red shirt. It was my favorite.
3: So for again. those who are, are listening, I just want to say what we're, we're seeing, it is magical. It's just, it's just, it's I'm in awe of all <laughs> of these, this visual, all of the characters, and it's bringing back lots of memories for me, okay. and I just want to let the, the listeners know how magical it really Well, is. I'm
0: assuming that the listeners can go and watch at some point, too. Yes, absolutely. We encourage all that. So my aforementioned Mrs Goose is here. She's she's red. She's made out of a terry cloth uh towel actually. And she and her partner her or actually her mother Goose mother puppet lives in uh, LA. And I visit her as often as I can. So the the rest we I just this is something called a dreidel and uh he only comes out once a year but he has an eight day lifespan and he talks. You know, all my Most of my puppets do not have movable mouths, but this one now doesn't. Um, it's a, a grandma puppet. And I told stories, Native American stories, and this one in particular that uh, I'm showing is a story called The Raven, that is a beautiful, wonderful tale about a magical man. Um, And then I'll be hanging around up here is the way I hang, keep them safe. And these are, by the way, I suppose I should say just a few. Uh, Most of them are in boxes. But when you, thank you, Susan, the magical part. It's really magical and very, if anyone ever asks, what do you do when you're feeling blue? Um, I come in here. But I also never hardly feel blue. And here's one for the books. This is a porcupine. And he's made out of a toilet brush. And what better use, I say. Um, um, wow. um, and then the rest are, you know, these are, this is another source of my inspiration. My books, I love books. And these are all kid books. Well, anybody who wants to teach anything starts with a book. That isn't meant for an adult because yes, the man. really good ones, the ones that last forever, are kid books. So yes. I've told many of these. And then uh, resource books. And let's see, those are just supplies.
3: Those are That's
0: fun too. And that's fun too. And that's- wow.
3: That is amazing, Marilyn. And, um, you know, also I want to go back to something that you said earlier. Uh, in terms of the technology, you're actually using technology, like you said. You're you're printing faces onto fabric and oh, using mm-hmm. you're incorporating that, which is also a beautiful thing. Oh, that is a, that has
0: changed a lot of stuff that I do now that I know how to do that. I'm trying not to lose you here. Okay, I think
3: we've got it. Great. Thank you for that tour of your community. Um, it was really amazing. Really. Yeah, amazing. I, yeah, you know, Susan,
2: for me, it was kind of like when you, I'm a big fan of Disney and Old yes. Story. I mean, I love Barton and it's kind of like when the kid discovers a Secret Room. And it's full of magical objects, right? So that tour was like, are we in a cave where all we're, the magic happened? I, I love it. I was We fantastic. are in a cave. We're,
0: we're down below my house. The, the uh-huh. room was dug out before my time, come, yeah. our time coming here. And, uh, yeah, and the, it goes directly. There's, I have two doors. Over here, we have the outside door just in case I want to leave home without telling. And then over there, we have the house that goes into the basement. Uh, so, And that was a huge help during a variety of things. So, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm.
3: No, it really also, besides just thinking about it uh, in terms of the, just the, the feeling that one gets when you put a sock on and you make a puppet or you mm-hmm. talk to it, for me and many of the um, listeners know that I have, Um, been in the world of psychology. And there was a time when I specialized much more in working with children. And I utilized puppets so much in my work with children, especially live. And really, it was so therapeutic in terms of acting out and, and playing with the puppets because even for adults, even some of the adults I use puppets with because we express things much more comfortably at times when we're utilizing puppets through giving somebody else a voice rather than using one's own. So it's in, in professionally, it was, it's really meaningful in terms of that whole genre of uh, using puppets therapeutically. There's a, we have
0: had some great stories because we do a lot of teacher training and there was, we did a whole different, lang- we did a language teacher training with my, my partners very much involved in how you teach language teachers how to use the arts. So we had six or seven different languages and one lovely young man who had a really incredible
3: stutter. Uh, did Marilyn freeze?
2: Yes, okay, I think I think there was something in the story that I made her freeze. And if she, well, <laughs> we'll see if she, and we'll, then
3: she does. right I
2: know we'll 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 just keep going until we wait as we we were gonna start wrapping anyway, so hopefully she will resolve the internet connection there. but so, so many things that I would love to discuss, like this conversation, Susan, really inspired me. On one side, as you mentioned, the technology. And I'm thinking, you know, me being a, a tech and society guy like 3D printing and how people can literally now recreate whatever they want. But the beauty of meddling using everyday object. And I don't know if you ever heard of the stories, like when people talk about their kids and like, yeah, well, I bought them this toy, but then they play with the box.
3: And I so mean, my, the my imagination. Daughter- Exactly, my daughter's favorite thing, all she wanted, literally, was a giant <laughs> box. Like, and w- one year I had to just give her as a gift this giant box that she would go into and just play. And that's all she wanted. It was, it was just amazing. And it's true. The, and uh, you know, the other thing that um, I want to go back to. Hopefully, Marilyn will join us. But I, I, you probably caught the line too earlier on in in the discussion, is when she said. Um, I hope I get it right, but you'll help me out. Radio was the best form of visual imagination. And Mm -hmm. I love what she related to that because it's our own imagination that we can listen. But that's why oftentimes reading a book, when people go see the movie, they're disappointed because it's never what they imagined, you know, and and it's stronger in one's imagination. So
2: true, so true. I I always make the joke that I, I, I watch the radio. Right. Meaning that, yeah. you know, I, I envision and that's why I love Audible so much. And I mean, we talked about this in, in some of our episodes where when you when you envision and you're reading a book, you, you you create the story that really is yours. And when you watch a movie, you see what the director may be so. And you may like it, but, you know, maybe maybe it's not what, what you would have uh, created yourself. So <laughs> But very, very inspiring. And I also, I think at this point, we can recap and hopefully she'll come back or she'll come back another time. Of course, she can always join us again. But even those notes about books that she mentioned, as she does play with puppets and, and, and telling story the fact that those kids book last forever i'm quoting her again I, I have a personal story with that i have a book that is called the conference of the animals that my grandma used to read to me when i couldn't even read when i was a kid and i was in japan a few months ago and i went to a bookstore and i just saw that exact book with that exact cover but in japanese with the title in Japanese. And you can ask my wife, I was like, wow. I just flipped out. I was like, I know that book. And oh, that's great. I haven't read it in, you know, 50 plus years. But I was, it's kind of like that stuck in your head, those stories, maybe your favorite toy, your favorite puppet. It stays with you the for the rest of your life so this is so important right
3: yeah it brings you back to the whole feeling that you had at that time and the meaning that it had it's amazing i now regret throwing out all of my golden books uh oh my goodness i had so many of them but over the years i just uh i got rid of most of them yeah there's a couple that i they'll have i have to go look for them but yeah I know. So great why don't we do a shout out in terms of you can watch marilyn's shows yes. on youtube and and through the mentor project and we're going to have the link in the show notes as well so that um but you can come go to the wherever you listen to your podcast go to the mentor project and you can put in marilyn price um, and you will be able to watch them or listen to her shows, and she's really does three years worth, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of them. Uh out well, there. Th- three, three years
2: of what she's done with the mentor project, and you know, and so much that she yeah. has done, incredible, even just to look at the mentor that she had, the person yes. that taught her how to do that. There is an entire art and history. Uh, I- I'm inspired actually to go and look at. Books and and pieces yeah. of you know the history of puppeteering and and I know it goes centuries and centuries and centuries ago. So it's kind of sad that she disappeared. But you know what? It was magical. Really she was done. She just went. Who knows? She's telling a story somewhere else right now.
3: <laughs> right? She's she, she, maybe the community called her. Maybe yeah, maybe to talk to her.
2: That's so, right. Uh, That's right. To have
3: her back on. I'm sure we will have her back. On. Well,
2: All right, so let let's do our salutation here to everybody that uh, we hope enjoy. And yes, seriously, if you if you listen to the audio, and you have a chance, go to uh, the YouTube channels, and there'll be the link in the note. I mean, just just explore that that room with uh, with her. It was a real treat for me.
3: It really was magical watching it. So yeah. hope that the listeners and viewers will enjoy it as much as I know I did and you did and um thank you for listening and watching if you would like to support the mentor project there's lots of different ways that you can personally get involved you can share the Mentor project with others and you can support us as well please go to mentorproject.org and or go and listen wherever you all listen to your podcasts
2: that's right Stay tuned. We are recording many more stories with many more amazing mentors. So
3: we'll
2: catch you later. Bye-bye. Okay, thanks,
3: everyone. Thanks, Marco.
1: Thank you for listening. This show was brought to you by The Mentor Project. If you enjoyed this segment, there are many ways to thank us. Please consider subscribing to our podcast, making a tax-deductible donation, or becoming directly involved. Subscribe to this podcast and visit us at www.mentorproject.org to learn more.